Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of Don Wilson's Hollywood Beat. On today's program is the lovely Joyce Bova, whom I interviewed in 1994, right after the release of her then-new book, Don't Ask Forever, My Love Affair with Elvis. Since that time, the book has been updated, and it's got some beautiful color photographs. It's available on Amazon.com and for Kindle uh, download, so I hope you'll check it out. Let's get to the interview with the lovely Joyce. Well, it's really a pleasure to have you this morning on Mystery Train. Oh, thank you so much, Don. It's nice to be here. Okay. If you would, uh, tell me and the listeners how you first met Elvis. Well, I first met him back in 1969, 25 years ago, uh, when he was uh, making his uh, comeback to live performances in Las Vegas. And... Um, I met him backstage, uh, and, and let me let me explain why I'm writing, why I wrote this book, um, because it starts from back then. So much has been written about Elvis, as you know, and his fans know, about you know his early years, you know when he when he first came into show business, and you know he was the idol of millions of fans, and and um, and then a lot more I think has been written even um, in his later years, you know when he had problems with prescription drugs and things like that, but very little has been written about the time period that I was with him from 69 to 72. And Don, that was a time when he was his uh, most vibrant, his most alive. I think he was at the peak of his popularity at that time, and he was very happy with himself. I mean, he hated uh, making the movies. That, that he made, you know, he was very unhappy with those and he wanted to do more and he really enjoyed being uh, in front of an audience with his fans. And so this is his, uh, uh, his best time in life, I think. And I thought it was important for me to write about it because there really hasn't been much written about that time period. And uh, more important than that, his time with me. I asked Joyce about that first meeting with Elvis. Uh, when he was appearing in, in Las Vegas, like I said, it was uh, the first time he made a live appearance in, I guess, what, almost 10 oh, nine, years. Nine or 10 years. Nine or 10 years. Yeah. And um, I was vacationing uh, from Washington, D.C., which is where I live. Uh-huh. And I, I worked then and still do at the United States House of Representatives. Uh-huh. And I was um, vacationing there with a friend. And on our agenda, of course, at the top of our agenda was to see Elvis. And we were waiting in line to see him. And some, a gentleman approached us and started started talking with us and said he worked at the hotel and would we like to go backstage and meet Elvis. Do you remember who that was? His name was Chick. Chick, okay. Chick. He said his name was Chick. I don't remember his last name. I don't even know if he told us. But, uh, I mean, uh, and of course, we said, Let's, let me think about this for half a second, right? <laughs> so, okay. we said, of course we want to meet him. So he took us backstage and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, when we first got there, we were introduced, you know, to his father, Vernon, and a lot of the guys that, that worked for him. And um, and then I met Elvis. He came out from like an inner, another door, I guess, the dressing room. This is into the living room. And, and that's how I met him. And and what's different about him? Um, well, I'm, I've had an opportunity uh, to meet a, a lot of different stars. And I mean, that was nice. I'm not, I never was a kind of starstruck person, but Elvis, was different. I mean, he was so disarming because um, although 
he had the stature of bigger than life um, megastar. Talking to him was like talking to you, Don. You know, just very comfortable, very down to earth, uh, very unassuming, um, not at all affected. I mean, he was very much interested in talking about me and wanting to get to know me, and very interested in where I worked on Capitol Hill. He was very intrigued with that, and and, and I guess that's the most um, the nicest thing about him is that he was human. He was just a really neat, cool guy. Uh, he also knew your sister, and in fact, uh, there were some photos that he just had to have when he saw them, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, there's this one favorite he had of, uh, of you in a, in a bikini, isn't that right? <laughs> now, how did it all come about where he had to have these for his collection? And if you would, while, while you're telling that, uh, tell us some of the things that you used to do about this, or what you used to talk about or something, just, just things that come back uh, to you and that you might like to share with some of his fans. Oh, my goodness. There are so many things. I mean, to sum up a, you know, an almost three-year relationship is, is difficult, but um, like I said, he liked to talk about where I work. He liked to talk about um, his, his views on life. One thing about Elvis that I don't think most people know was the fact that um, he was very insecure and dissatisfied within himself. He had this need to um, expand his mind, if you will. I mean, he, he was very soul-searching. He read a lot of philosophical books and religious books. He more or less abandoned the traditional, you know, religion and um, looked for something more uh, contemporary, if you will. And he was searching for a, a meaning in life, something more purposeful than just entertaining. He did not think that that was what he was really put on earth to do. He thought that that was a stepping stone for him. And I think that he really never did find what he was looking for. Um, so there's a certain reason that he was an entertainer, but you think he thought that the, there was more to it than that, and he just had to find out. Another, uh, I've spoke to a couple of his friends and said they've said to me that when he became such a big megastar and so forth, it was just like, why me? Isn't that pretty much what you think it was? And and he was trying to search for answers for that, or you have any other views on that, or? Uh, yes, I think he did feel that way. He felt also, you know, he had a, an identical twin brother, who I know everyone knows uh, died at birth, and I have an identical twin sister. So he felt um, uh, like a, a bond with us, you know, right from the beginning. But he felt that he, since he was a surviving twin, there was a reason that he survived and his brother didn't. He felt that he had to do something for two people uh, that was supposed to have a great impact on the world and I think if he had lived he probably would have done that although I mean let's face it he did have an impact on the world I mean everybody knows that but he just felt that entertaining was a stepping stone really he gave so much of himself and so much energy and it was like he couldn't give enough you know and I think that that in the end that probably was his, his downfall he was he was lonely inside and that never had something to do with it but also on the more positive side, he was a, a vibrant personality, very effervescent, fun, you know, very much a jokester. And I think that kind of was maybe somewhat of a facade to to cover up his, you know, really inner turmoil that he was going through. But he was he was so enjoyable to be around, and very much like a little boy. He had a, a little boy 
quality about him that was very endearing. So, would he uh, like pull any practical jokes on you or tease you, or do you have any uh, stories that he was just like, <laughs> I can see in your eyes now that, that there was something, there was just something we can say on the radio. That <laughs> I know, because Elvis, you know, he did have an off-the-wall sense of humor and a lot of things, anyways, and so forth. But uh, uh, tell us, you know, what kind of things he would do, like maybe to tease you or, you know, joke around with you or something. Oh, he was a big jokester. Uh, well, I remember one evening in particular, we were in Washington, D.C., and uh, we were in the hotel, and we had he'd been there, uh, we had just gotten there, but we had been sitting talking for about an hour or so, and then all of a sudden, out of the, I said to him, Elvis, there's something different about you, something looks a little different, I couldn't understand what it was. It looked like his hair was more down in front of his face, you know, on his forehead more, something like that, and he said, oh no, there isn't anything different about me. I said, oh well, I just let it go, I didn't say anything more. Then all of a sudden, about 15 minutes later, he just sat there and he just yanked this wig off his head. <laughs> oh, I mean, it didn't look like a wig. It was, it looked great, but you know, I just knew there was some, a little something different, and I almost fell over the chair. He laughed so hard. He got a kick out of everything he did. He laughed harder than everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> we now return to my interview with Joyce Bova as she talks about Elvis being the jokester. <laughs> but he was always doing something uh, like a a jokester. I mean, I remember another evening, uh, I was telling him a story about a friend of mine on Capitol Hill who was uh, remembering how Senator Estes Kefauver used to be so proud of Elvis and the fact that he was from Tennessee. And I was telling Elvis this story, and Elvis was just tickled to death with that. So when we were having dinner uh, one evening with all of his friends around the table, he just sat there and said, you know what, very seriously, he said, uh, Estes, Kefauver used to think I was a really great, great guy. But you know what? I think I can do better than most of his politicians up here. I think I'm going to run for Congress. I mean, and everybody just stopped and stared like he was serious. Because he said it so seriously. He said, I can tell you guys anything. But, I mean, my God, there were so many things. This night we ran, went into, um, in Washington again, into uh, a donut shop. And uh, this, was, this was just a very fun evening. And we drove into a, a little donut shop in a kind of unsavory section of town, but he saw the donut sign, he wanted donuts. And we drove in in a limousine, and um, there were some young ghetto youths standing around. And we saw a limousine come in, they were, you know, taken back with that. So they wanted to see who was in, and they, when they finally saw that it was Elvis, they started screaming and yelling. Elvis rolled down the window and, and put out his hands to, take, to shake hands with them. And so many of them started coming around, and he just got out of the car, <laughs> and uh, of course, Sonny, Sonny was a little apprehensive as to what was going to happen, so he was right there beside him. But it, it, it was great. I mean, these kids were joking with him. Elvis was joking with him back and showing him all his jewels, his rings, his big gold belt, and saying, you know, I've got this belt, and $20,000 gold belt, and all these jewels. And, and then he said, uh, and then he flipped open his jacket, and he had on a, a shoulder holster with a gun in it. He said, and this says I keep it all, too. <laughs> Never, I never saw him shun a fan. He loved talking to his fans and signing autographs. And speaking of Washington, he must have really been intrigued. Did he ask you a whole lot of questions about Washington? He did. He was always asking me about my work. Uh, I worked at the House Armed Services Committee, and a lot of the work I did was classified, and I couldn't really talk about it. And he would try and um, pry some things out of me, because he was very interested in what was going on at that time, the, 
Eli Mask from Vietnam. How would he try to pry him out of you? Was he, was he kind of sneaky that way? or? Oh, he was being cute about it, but he knew I wasn't going to tell. <laughs> you know, he had a very adorable personality, Don. I asked Joyce to tell her favorite Elvis story. Yeah. Uh, my favorite Elvis story is uh, about the time when I accompanied him on tour. He went to a lot of different cities, and, and uh, prior to that, he had played uh, when I was at Graceland. I spent a lot of time at Graceland. He loved that house. And uh, he had played a demo album for me. Someone sent him to record a song. And uh, I thought it was beautiful, and I told him he had to record it. Because the way he was singing it, it was much more beautiful than the, than the tape that someone had sent. And um, eventually he did record it. But uh, prior to that, when we had been on tour, and I accompanied him on tour, I kept asking him if he would sing the song. And he kept, at first he said, well, maybe, maybe. But then he said, no, it's just not right, it's just not right. I haven't perfected it yet. But when we got to Baltimore, where actually I was born and raised prior to moving to Washington, D.C., and that was my hometown, and I had a lot of my friends and relatives in the audience, and when he got on the stage, uh, he, he stopped everything and made sure everything was quiet, and he said, um, I've got a very special song to sing. And he looked over to where I was sitting, he said, and this is for you, Joyce, and he sang that song. And uh, that was my favorite story. And then after that, he had given me the first demo album of his version of that song, The First Time Ever I Saw Your Face. Uh, like I said, there wasn't much written about the time I spent with him. And this, the time I was with Elvis, our relationship was very intense. It really is a, a beautiful, tender, and tragic love story. And I go into detail about our whole relationship, you know, the beautiful times, the happy times, and the more tragic times of uh, tragic things that happened to me. Of course, Elvis's uh, abusive prescription drugs uh, that he didn't feel he was abusing, actually, but clearly he was. Uh, the fact that he really was out of control. He felt that he had a lot of control in his life, and he didn't. And he was taking control of my life. He uh, got me addicted to sleeping pills. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, at that point, later on in our relationship, that uh, when I saw that his, his abuse had escalated, that I knew I had to make a decision of what to do because he had asked me to move into Graceland. And I really did consider, seriously consider doing that because I loved him very much. Mm -hmm. And I know he loved me. And, and he, was, he was sincere about that, about my moving into Graceland. But I, uh, I decided that I couldn't because I think I figured that if I did, I would be giving up my own independence. Mm -hmm. And no disrespect intended, but I mean, I see how Priscilla ended up. And I didn't want to end up that way. I needed some semblance of independence of my own because to be with Elvis, you had to completely disconnect yourself from your own world had to be completely connected to his, mm -hmm. and that's why I felt he was so insistent on the people that he loved to, to like, take drugs, prescription drugs with him, so you could be connected to his world. Mm -hmm. He didn't want you to have any life of your own. Uh, he was very, he was very insecure. He needed constant attention and devotion and, and love and constant reassurance. He really did. And uh, I mean, I felt like, you know, my life is not becoming my own any longer. 
and my job was constantly in jeopardy, which I wanted to keep. And um, and in the course, uh, you know, of all this, uh, I did become pregnant, and uh, that was a very tragic, uh, horrible experience for me. You know, particularly when I went to tell Elvis, and uh, I never did get to tell him because the conversation that led up to it uh, made it clear to me that you know if that, that he felt that any woman who was a mother or had a baby was no longer desirable or sexy and and I was my god you know if I tell him this I'll lose him and I couldn't bear the thought of that I just couldn't bear the thought of that so I had to you know abort my child and that was very devastating and very hurtful very hurtful what he said but um, I, I think in retrospect I understand him a little better now than I did then as I was getting through it. But, um, it must have been very hard for you. It was very difficult. Hi, everyone. This is Joyce Bova, and you are listening to my friend Don Wilson's Hollywood Beat. Thanks and enjoy. I hope you're enjoying this interview with Joyce Bova. And um, I almost didn't get to air it because uh, I forgot how you deal with cassette tapes when they come unwound and for some reason when I put it in the machine that's exactly what happened so I had to go back to the old school of (laughs) fixing the tape I got a pencil and thankfully I was able to save it so I can bring it to you and although this interview was done 25 years ago I believe it still holds up and it's timely because Joyce has updated the book and it is available from amazon.com and you can get it on your kindle so now let's conclude the interview that i had with joyce bova it's been very hard it was very difficult and and when i left him uh, it took me a long time to get over him because you know something that wasn't easy so much had happened in my life in that course in that course of time and um you know and i loved him very much when i left him and when i did leave him he still was very handsome and very vibrant vibrant even though you know the uh the prescription drug abuse was very apparent but when i left him he still was handsome so it was very difficult for me to leave john but i i tried i really tried to talk to him many times um about what he was doing to himself and to me but it was impossible. I don't know. No, I'm sorry. He felt that he knew more than anyone about his body, the drugs he was taking. And it was just impossible. So I guess I failed to help him in that respect. Well, Elvis was uh, pretty much the person who did what he wanted to do, and he usually didn't want anybody to tell him anything. Oh, if you had to get around Elvis, you had to be one-on-one. You couldn't be in front of anyone either. So, But... Um, when was the last time that you saw Elvis? Was it when, when you, you said goodbye to him, and uh, or, or was it later? Or when well, was that? Actually, no. Um, but that was the last time I really 
saw him, but I, I did see him again uh, on stage. I went to, when I heard that he was looking so bad and so grotesquely overweight and bloated, I went myself again another time to Las Vegas to see his show. And uh, I, when I went in there and, and saw him on stage, it was so distressful. I mean, he looked so bad. His performance was terrible, and it was it was so unhappy for me to see him like that. I couldn't bear it. I even left before the show was over. That was the last time I saw him. Did, did you, ever, you never spoke to him later on, or did you ever try to contact him? Well, you know, I, um, by, by virtue of the way I left him, it was you know it was obvious that it was over between us. But I did talk to him another time uh, after his Hawaii special. Uh, I, I, you know, I was so filled with many different emotions as I was watching that show that I did call uh, Charlie, Charlie Hodge, and just to tell him that I'd seen the show and how wonderful it was. You know, I had to tell somebody, so I went. I needed to tell somebody close to him, so I called Charlie, and you know, he told me how I don't know over a billion people saw the show worldwide, and, and you know how successful it was. And that was a brief conversation, but uh, the next day, Elvis called me, and I was very surprised to hear from him. And, you know, my heart started to pound when I was talking to him on the phone, and he was very sweet, you know, asking how I'd been and, you know, what was new and how my twin was and, and, and just general conversation. And then, uh, as we were about to hang up, he, he said he, he'd like to see me and uh, would I call him in a couple of weeks with Graceland. And, uh, and also would I send him another photograph of me mm -hmm. that he wanted uh, of the two of us together. And, um, well, I did send him the photograph, but I knew I couldn't call him. I didn't call him. It's still too hard for you emotionally. I guess it was still, even after a year. Uh -huh. And uh, I think, in retrospect, I, I think I made the right decision. Except maybe if I had stayed with him, I don't know, maybe I could have could have helped. I don't know. I'd like to think I could, but at the time I was convinced that I couldn't. Well, I'll tell you one thing: that this is a very personal, you know, beautiful story, from what I've read and what I've, I've heard of, of the story. And uh, the fans should really pick up this book and uh, really uh, go into the. I can tell by looking in your eyes how sincere you are about Elvis. And so uh, I recommend it fully, and I hope you will come down to the bookstore and pick it up. And Joyce, I really appreciate you taking the time out to uh, be on the show. And if there's anything else that you'd like to say out there to uh, Elvis's fans or those who want to know more about him, uh, tell us. And uh, uh. Well, I think um, if your fans read my book, I think they will get a better understanding of Elvis as a person and not an icon. His feelings uh, about life, about... Um, um, his inner turmoil about how he felt about his fans, how he felt about his friends, how he felt about different uh, entertainers, and how how he could love so deeply, and what a beautiful relationship that we had. And and that's another reason I, I think I needed to write this book. I revealed so many personal things in it, uh, but it has served as a catharsis for me, if you will. I feel much better about saying some things, because I've told a lot of personal things in this book that I've never talked about um, before in, in public, and it may be a little difficult for me to do interviews, but um, you're very easy to talk to, Don, and I appreciate Thanks. that. I do appreciate that.
and I could see how much uh, you cared about Elvis, and still do. And I do too, and that's why I think it's important for my story to be told. And I'm only telling the portion of my life in his that I spent with him so intimately and what we shared together uh, those almost three years. And I, I think it's a very poignant and tender story, very much, very much a woman's story that men can also relate to. Anyone who has ever been in love could relate to the story. And I thank you. Well, I thank you, Joyce. Like I said, I can see your sincerity and all the fans pick up the book. Thank you, Joyce. Thank you so much. Hi, everyone. This is Sissy Young from Elvis Find Out What's Happening Then and Now Facebook group. And you are listening to Don Wilson's Hollywood Beat. Thank you for listening. I hope you will join me next time on Don Wilson's Hollywood Beat. Remember, I can be heard on Anchor, Spotify, Apple iTunes, Breaker, Google, Overcast, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. Please check out my website at www.donwilsonshollywoodbeat.com and join me here next time. Remember, keep rocking and don't tip over. <laughs>